Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Vikings and the Giants and who is important. There's a lot of guys that got injured recently. Chandon Sullivan, Brian O'Neill. So we got to talk about who's important in this game. There's some guys on both sides of the ball that I'm kind of excited to, to dive into their importance and what makes them more important than other guys on their team. The playoffs, everybody starts from scratch. So let's figure out who has that playoff motor and who's going to make an impact on this game coming up Sunday at 3.30. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show. Vikings Giants, the three seed versus the six seed. This is one of those years that, I mean, people really didn't want the two seed until they found out it was the Seahawks. But that's not how the playoffs work. You don't get to pick your seed once you know who you're playing. You just got to get your seed and then see who jumps into that spot. Well, that spot ended up being the Seahawks. I know a lot of Vikings fans wanted that for not just the Seahawks, but also because you get multiple home field games. Now, there's a chance the Seahawks can beat the 49ers. Small, but there is a chance where now, the Vikings get the Bucks or the Cowboys at home. But the Vikings are about to play the, the, the New York football giants. And we have to talk about this game. So as I bring, uh, before I bring my co-host uh, Sam Ekstrom into the show, just remember, please go to Locked On Sports Minnesota's app on Amazon Fire Roku. You can download the app. It'll come up right on your screen. You can get all of our videos, all of our shows. You can go back and watch uh, past podcasts. And then you can get an update on the future podcast coming. Again, that's Locked On Sports Minnesota's app on Amazon Fire and on your Roku TV. Well, as I bring Sam Ekstrom in, uh, my producer, co-host, um, contrarian of uh, everything Kirk Cousins, <laughs> we got we to talk about this game, Sam. So now there's only 14 teams left in the playoffs. There's only 12 teams that are going to play this coming weekend. And when you look at those 12 teams, you, could, you have to go back to the quarterback play. And, and here's where we start the show off. Kirk Cousins versus Daniel Jones. That's all that matters now. It doesn't matter if Kirk Cousins is better than Tom Brady. It doesn't matter, matter if Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is out. It doesn't matter what you think about Kirk Cousins versus Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's out. So for all those quarterbacks, and I haven't gone to that list yet that Shannon Sharp listed, I, I'm, I'm going to do that before the next break. But I don't feel like a lot of those quarterbacks he picked there, he would take over Kirk Cousins or even in the playoff steal. Uh, when, when you think about Deshaun Watson, when you think about all these names, everybody was throwing out there that they take over Kirk Cousins, where are they at? So you can say, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the Kirk Cousins or is it the team? Well, it couldn't be the team because you're saying the team is not that good and they're fraudulent. So you can't have it both ways, people. You can't say Kirk Cousins isn't good and then you can't say the team is a fraud. That doesn't match up. One or the other has to happen. Eric Hendricks uh, had a quote from uh, this, this past week, and they asked him about the defense, and, and, and it was an up-and-down thing, talking about you guys have been ranked you know, anywhere from 20th to 32nd. Right now, I think they're 31st. 
Um, his comment was, as long as our offense scores more than our the opponent, we win the game. I love that. I, I don't think there was ever a time where the defense was like, look, our offense is going to put up points. So we just got to be okay. We just got to be, and I keep saying this, of the 16 or 14 teams left, they just have to finish seventh or eighth from a, a, a defensive uh, perspective in week one. So when we look back at the stats from week one, and we look at all the defenses across uh, the playoffs, they just have to be in the middle, seventh or eighth. They can't be, you don't want to be 14th of these first 14 or the uh, 12th, I guess, of the first 12 games, uh, because then that means you're getting absolutely shellacked. You want to be seventh or eighth, because then that means your offense is getting back on the field. That means your offense has a chance. But when I think about this game, Sam, I, I go back to quarterback play. I'm giving the edge in the quarterback play to Kirk Cousins over Daniel Jones. Uh, simple for me, real easy. I don't think anybody can make a case that Daniel Jones is better than Kirk Cousins. Uh, Daniel Jones does run better. I think that's about it. Uh, Kirk Cousins is without his right tackle in, in Brian O'Neill, so it's going to come down to maybe getting the ball out of his hands a little quicker, uh, maybe getting it to Justin Jefferson in the screen game a little bit more. But again, I go back to this quarterback play when we're talking about the Giants versus the Vikings, and I got to give it to Kirk Cousins. And I, I feel like all season, uh, people weren't willing to say Kirk Cousins is the is the engine. I, I feel like it, looking at the defense, and now I got the whole picture. It's like a puzzle. We've been looking for – we got the whole puzzle put together now, Sam. Kirk Cousins yep. is the engine in this. Like, it's not the defense. It is Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson is more like a spark plug. Kirk Cousins is the engine. Kirk Justin Jefferson is going to get Kirk going, but Kirk's getting it to everybody. TJ Hawkins is getting catches. KJ Osborne is balling. Kirk Cousins is the engine, and I'm going to give the edge to the Vikings quarterback over the New York football giants, and that's where I start. What about you, Sam? Yeah, Saquon Barkley, probably the engine for the Giants. When you, you look at their stats uh, compared to each other, the Giants 26th in passing, so clearly that's not the engine. Fourth mm -hmm. in rushing. Vikings 6th in passing, 27th in rushing. So you're right, passing game. That's what's fueling the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think you're looking to that secondary in this game of New York. Obviously, the Vikings secondary is, is going to have a big role in this game, too. But right. that New York secondary gave up 25 combined receptions to TJ Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson. Now, they have three weeks between these games. What are they going to do to adjust? Because it's basically the same group, Correct. right? I mean, it's not like their defense has changed radically in three weeks. So what are they going to do to adjust to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson? They probably can't stop both. They can't decide to devote all their attention to just two guys. Uh, so I think it's kind of a pick your poison for them. TJ Hawkinson had a career day against the Giants. Do they try to shut him down? Or do you put all your attention Justin Jefferson's way? I think this is a predicament for New York. Do they do they psych themselves out, Ron? Like if you were if you were in this position, if you were New York, what would you do? What would you do? Because I'm sure they already tried all their tricks to stop Justin Jefferson and they couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So would you do something different or would you just stick to your guns in the playoffs? Um, I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to mimic the Packers. I hate to say it. I, I don't know what they did. So when you look at their defense, uh, it has a three, three, five feel because they have, uh, they have their nose tackle. They have their D tackle. They have their DN. And then they have their rush in and cave on which he's actually a rush linebacker. Uh, but he's always, he's pretty much always going after the quarterback the way they have this set. So in the 3-3-5, he's the three of the linebackers that's always rushing. 
Uh, they will have Jalen Smith every once in a while go uh, Micah McFadden every once in a while to create that fifth person pressure. But it is kind of a 3-3-5 look. And if you watch last night with TCU Georgia, there's a lot of ways to beat that as far as the run game and also the screen game because you can catch and, and tossing outside because your rush in is not really a run contained guy. So if you see Kayvon Thibodeau, you run outside of him because he is kind of always thinking, I'm going to get after this quarterback. I'm not really, I'm not always thinking contained. And I think early in the season, that's what threw Kayvon Thibodeau off and why people thought he didn't care about football. And, you know, is it this, is it important to him? Uh, clearly, I think he just was struggling trying to figure out his role. And, and what do I do as a rush linebacker? Um, you look at Micah McFadden, though, and Jalen Smith at, at those two linebacker spots. Uh, Jalen Smith versus TJ Hawkinson, if that's the matchup, or even Irv Smith, give me Irv Smith or TJ Hawkinson over, over Jalen Smith. Now, I don't think they're going to do that because they do keep uh, five DBs on the field for the most part, Dory Jackson, Fabian Moreau, uh, Darnay Holmes, Julian Love, and Dane Belton. And when you think about that with Darnay Holmes in the nickel, this is where I think Kevin O'Connell can put his foot on their throat every single time. If you see him matched up on K.J. Osborne, taking that. If you see him matched up on Justin Jefferson, you for sure taking that. Now, if you decide to bring in a speed guy, we, we saw um, uh, Jalen Rager come in and what he's done and some of the big plays he's had. Uh, the Giants game was one of them. When you think about that, you think about the plays, you think about the things he could have done. Um, I, I think Jalen Rager, it, it, it's, it's figuring out because he's only going to get four to five plays, but it's figuring out when to use those plays. Kirk Cousins clearly trusts throwing deep to him. So they've earned that, you know, he's earned that trust in practice or whatever they worked on. I don't know, but Kirk Cousins has no problem throwing blind faith, getting hit to Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager has shown, I'm going to come back to the ball. I'm going to make a play. I'm going to, I'm, I'm sometimes, uh, or most part, I think 95% of the time he's been pretty good. You know, that one time where the interception, he just chose wrong in, in the zone and thought it was man. Um, but when you look at that with Kirk Cousins' trust, and then you look at Jalen Naylor uh, and Naylor's ability to run and stretch the field, um, we saw flashes against the Packers. Now, yes, the, the 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 starters came out in the second half. Or sorry, not the Packers, the Bears. The starters came out. And, and sorry, and the Packers, because, yeah, the starters came out of that one too. Um, but, but Naylor had some good plays. He showed he can stretch the field. He showed he has the ability to catch with his hands and attack a ball. He is He is long. Um, and tall. So uh, it, it's, but it's tough to get Naylor in there and Rager in there when you have Justin Jefferson, Thielen and uh, KJ Osborne. Mm -hmm. um, so where I go with that is when you look at this defense, their thought honestly is going to be stop Justin Jefferson. If I have five DBs and you only have three receivers on the field, I'm going to put a Dory Jackson on Jefferson. I'm going to try to make sure I figure out where to go. Now they go left and right corner. They don't flip sides. So whether it's Fabian Monroe or Zadori Jackson, wherever Justin, I'm guessing they're going to have an alert. Whether it's the nickel and Darnay Holmes, and they're like, look, I'm going to shadow, or Dane Belton or Julian Love, they're going to be there, and they're going to say, hey, all right, here's where we're going to, this is how we're going to play this. They're going to do it. They're going to jam Justin at the line, and they're going to try to make sure there's a safety over the top. Now, the big difference is how do you stop the jam? You take him off the ball. So if he's on the outside as an X, he can get off the ball and put the Z on the ball. That's simple especially if the Z's not being pressed in the slot because normally they don't jam in the slot. So you just get off the ball. Give him one extra yard to do his wiggle and get free. Same thing with if he's motioning. Motion. You can't jam a motion receiver because he has a full head of speed going and you kind of have to back off and get ready. 
because he's going to run. Um, that's why you see a lot of motions in and then boom and run an out route because when you're motioning in, you got the DB moving and I'm going to run full speed at him. Now he has to flip his hips and then I'm going to run an out. He has to flip. So there's there's a lot to that. There's a lot of science behind it when you look at offensive coordinators. Um, but again, it's the playoffs. There's no reason to hold any plays back in Kevin O'Connell's playbook. So I'm excited to see what he's come up with. I'm interested to see what he's come up with. Like I'm going to be documenting those first 15 because I think Monday's show after the playoffs we're going to talk about that first 15. Was it great? Was it uh, Frankenstein's, like, creator? Was this, like, ridiculous? And we're like, man, this is awesome. Was this Iron Man, uh, you know, building the first Iron Man in the basement in the movie? For the I didn't say, I hope you saw Iron Man the movie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, of course, when, when he's in the building, Robert Downey Jr.'s building, you know, every time he's down doing in construction mode and he has time to build, he comes out bigger and better. Like, when he came out, I think the third one or the second one, and he was able to make the thing come to him because it was in his, like, whatever, in his skin, and he can, you know, do that, and the arm comes to him and the legs, and it flies to him, and it's, you know, geo-mapped to his body. Like, that's what I expect to see out of Kevin O'Connell. I expect to see Iron Man 3 type of production from Kevin O'Connell with this much time to plan for a team you've already played. So it's not like an unfamiliar opponent. Uh, you know what you're going to get defensively. The only thing... And we'll talk about this in the next segment. There's some important pieces to this, Sam. There's some important pieces to this puzzle that Kevin O'Connell's got to figure out on both sides. I think there's three important players on the Giants, and I think there's three important players on the Vikings. Uh, and we're going to have to discuss this because this is where Kevin O'Connell is going to have to uh, really be put to the test. You know, is this success literally an anomaly? Like, can you be... Can this long-term 11-0 in one-score games be something that you can hold on to for a while? Or are we about to see the demise of the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs and the fans are going to absolutely be pissed off? The haters are going to – I mean, it's like blood in the water. Sharks are going to come. They're going to attack. Every media member across the nation is going to talk about, I told you guys, DVOA and EPA and everything else you want to talk about with letters. Like, I told you it's not sustainable. Or – are the Vikings going to win four more one-score games? They win four more one-score games, Sam? I think we have a Super Bowl champion. That's all it takes. That's Easy. all it takes. Four more games, one-score games. Who cares if they win four more one-score games? They won them. And that's where I think people are going to figure out if this team's for real or not. And before we get into that talk, Sam, those three important players on both sides, but the coaching, these are two, we keep forgetting, these are two rookie head coaches now in the playoffs. And are they making a case for other young coaches that are going to, I mean, there's a lot of jobs open this year in the NFL. So are mm -hmm. they making a case as well for some of these young hotshot uh, coaches that can come in and create instant success off of teams that struggle just by changing the culture a little bit. So we'll talk about that next in the next segment. But before we do, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube, following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with Team Insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. And please make sure you subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so you can get all of our shows and you get all, the, our, all of our updates every time we drop one. And we also have a word from our sponsors. Our daily sponsor is BetOnline, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all betting trends, news, analysis. Hey, college football is over. You have to wait till next year to get those lines. But Georgia covered last night, and boy, did they ever. 65 to 7. That is absurd in a championship game. Most lopsided bowl game ever. The line was 13. You can get all the NFL playoff lines, 
The Vikings are favored by three against the Giants. The San Francisco 49ers favored by 10 against the Seahawks. We'll see if they can hang on there and uh, potentially set up a rematch of 2019. Get all of that and sports podcasts as well at betonline.net on your mobile device as well. It's where the game starts. Well, it's playoff week, people. It's the Vikings and the Giants. And so we're going we're gonna to dive heavy into this playoff talk. Uh, this segment is our three. And here's our three. Our three is going to be the three most important players in this game. And my three for the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to go and I'll go and I'll let Sam go after I pick my first one. I'm going to go Christian Derisaw. And this is why Christian Derisaw to me is so important. One, I mentioned before the run game. When the Vikings run left, they're averaging 5.9 yards per carry. When they run right, it's about 3.9. So it's almost two yards more per carry when they're going to the left. And so when, what that means is it has nothing to do with Brian O'Neill. It has nothing to do with uh, Christian Derrissaw. I think it's the combined of the two. You look at Ed, o, Ed, uh, Ed Ingram and Brian O'Neill versus Christian Derrissaw and Ezra Cleveland going left seems to be a little bit more favorable. Um, also maybe Dalvin cook, just, you know, his left leg is a little bit stronger or a little bit, you know, he likes it better than his right. You know, even though I'm right-handed, I'm left-footed. So there's, there's, there's a lot to that. Um, and in an 18 week season, you can get a full grasp of it. And so seeing that they run better left, it could just be Christian Darisol is a better tackle as far as mauling people in the run game than Brian O'Neill is. And we know he's bigger, he's stronger. And so that's part of it. And so why I say Christian Darisol is important, one, he's Kirk Cousins' blind side, but the run game. Um, when you look at the way this team plays, if you get Kayvon Thibodeau on Christian Darisol's side, he's extremely important, but also he can tire out Kayvon Thibodeau in the run game so that when it comes time to play action pass, Thibodeau is kind of gassed out and he's not given this 100% get off the line, go kill the quarterback. Um, and we've seen him recently, like, actually kill a quarterback and do a snow angel and put him to sleep on the sideline, which is very, un like, and again, he said one, he didn't know Matt Ryan was hurt. So I get that. He was just doing a snow angel. But then to put him to sleep, I don't know if he really thought, like, I don't know if that was just part of a separate celebration as a, like, a, hey, I was doing this anyway if he hadn't got knocked out or not. It just happened that he got knocked out, uh, was hurt uh, in this situation. Mm -hmm. So again, just a, just a poor uh, timing, I would say. I, I'm pretty sure he had that, like, put him to sleep was probably part of his celebration with the snow angel. But it was just poor timing. The fact that he actually hurt somebody and then did it. That's why Jeff Saturday was saying it was tasteless and, it was, and he was pissed off about it. But when you look at Christian Derrissaw's impact, that's why it's going to be important because of this run game. Uh, Kirk Cousins can win games with his arm. We know that. He's thrown for 400 yards. We know that. Uh, he, he's been big spot Kirk in big time moments. You saw some big time throws early in the Bears game. I tweeted one um, to show he has the arm to gunsling it and do it with the best of them. But in the playoffs, that's why teams like the 49ers, the Packers, uh, so many people made an emphasis on getting a running back because of like, you don't go get Christian McCaffrey if you don't think the run game is important. And, and then also he can catch the ball though and run routes in them. He's, he's a freak. Um, but when you think about that, that's why this run game with Christian Darisaw running to the left is going to be important for me. Sam, who's your first one? Let's stick with the offensive line. Garrett Bradbury, if he comes back, he's going to okay. practice tomorrow. We're going to see if he can do it. Um, I think they want him to play. I mean, I think they prefer Garrett Bradbury because of all the pre-snap stuff he can do. He's mm -hmm. had a much better season. Dexter Lawrence is on the other side. Dexter Lawrence, Pro Bowl selection, seven and a half sacks this year, beast. They're going to need their best up front to make sure uh, Kirk Cousins stays upright. 
Uh, I know Garrett Bradbury has had issues in the past pass blocking. I still think I prefer him to Chris Reed just because of how new Chris Reed is to this offense. Um, so I, I, I think Garrett Bradbury is going to be critical in holding up against that, that interior pass rush because the Giants brought it the last time they played against Kirk. And Kirk hung in there, and he got a lot of throws off, but he was pressured, and he felt it. Uh, and they almost injured him. I think this was the game where Kirk really kind of was was wincing after some plays. So mm-hmm. Eric Bradbury uh, didn't have to face him last time. He's got to hold up if uh, if indeed he plays. And my next one, I got to go with Dalvin Cook. Now, we know he's a superstar with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne. But his role to me this week in is going to be really important. One, he's going to help slow the uh, pass rush down. Like if you think about the right tackle now, probably being Oli uh, Udo, uh, he's going to have to help. He's going to have to scan, but if he's scanning, he's going to have to help, especially if Kayvon Thibodeau is over there. And nothing against Oli Udo, but Kayvon Thibodeau is a beast. He's he's made the best tackles look crazy. Uh, speed, strength, agility. And so Dalvin Cook's important when you talk about the pass game. Uh, the, the play action, really selling it, and then being a part of the pass play. Uh, he has so much he has to do, and then he has to run the ball. He still has to catch screens, and I, and I and I think this is going to be another game where he can have another big time screen play because of Kayvon Thibodeau. If he can come off and chip him, and make him really think like he's trying to help, so chip him a bunch for real, hit him hard, and then chip him, and then leak out. Let Kayvon Thibodeau go. Use his speed and agility against him, and a big time screen. So Dalvin Cook, that's going to be my next one. That's important in this game. Who you got next? Yeah, let's go uh, in the middle of that defense. Eric Hendricks, um, he talked yesterday. You know, you, you talked about his quote, kind of deadpanning the reporter who asked him about the defense. We just got to score more than they than they score. I think Hendricks is pretty big against a team like the Giants. Um, well, number one, he's got to deal with the crowd noise. Mm-hmm. He's got to hear the play in his ear, and he's got to relay it to the defense. He has to be the ultimate communicator because the crowd noise is going to be extra. Uh, the Giants are a team that keeps it around the line of scrimmage. They run the ball. So Kendricks is very important with that, wrapping up Barkley. But also they like to use their tight ends, a lot of short passes. If Kendricks can can sort of channel like 2018-19 Kendricks, just the mm-hmm. vintage version of himself, and break up some of those passes on third down, uh, be there in coverage on a lot of those underneath throws that Jones makes, I think he's going to be a critical linchpin on that defense on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and also, if you understand the 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 getting pressure on Daniel Jones and the spying of Daniel Jones, uh, Daniel Jones can run the ball. So Eric Kendricks is going to be very important in spying as well. Because uh, again, if you watch the college football playoff last night, they talked a ton about spying Max Dugan and how Georgia did it, and and who spied and who rushed, and you know getting pressure with four or five without having to sell out and, and send the house just so you still have five in coverage. Um, so it was very interesting to see how Georgia handled that. So aside from Eric Kendrick spying, I got to go with Cam Bynum. Cam Bynum is my my third guy. Cam Bynum can come into the box and spy. He can come into the box and put pressure. He can help disguise the coverage, him and Harrison Smith, and confuse the crap out of Daniel Jones. We've seen Cam Bynum make some big-time interceptions and big-time moments in these games to seal the games, uh, to change the momentum of a game, uh, get a tip that turns into an interception in the game. So Cam Bynum, I know he, he constantly says this is a movie. Is a movie like that's his thing. 
He even has a, and I don't know if this is his car or somebody. Somebody has a license plate at the Vikings facility that actually says movie. There's a license plate now that says movie. It, it might be Cam Bynum. I wouldn't put it past him because he literally says his life is a movie. Um, this is going to be another segment into his movie life because he's going to have to make play after play after play in this game. Uh, you look at Kenny Galladay. Uh, looks like he's kind of back into his thing. This is the playoffs now. So even if he was resting, whatever, everybody's going to go. They can go because if you lose, it doesn't matter. So resting now, it doesn't matter. If you can go. And you can you can get we can get 90% out of you, you're gonna go. And so uh, you know, Cam Bynum can cover. So I think there's gonna be situations where they're gonna have to put him in some man situations on tight ends, uh, maybe on a receiver in the slot because of the fact that Daniel Jones can run. You can't really go a true man and turn your backs to Daniel Jones because he'll take off. So you got to use that extra safety uh so that you can still have four to five guys rushing and one guy, which it could be Eric Kendrick's fine. So Cam Bynum is my third guy. And who do you have next? All right, I got one more on defense, actually. A guy who's never played in the playoffs, a guy who's a former giant, Dalvin Tomlinson. Mm. Um, I'll do my best Harrison Phillips impression. Yesterday, we asked Harrison Phillips about this in the locker room, and he said, you know, I've looked back at Dalvin in the SEC championships, national championships when he was at Alabama. Mm -hmm. And these Harrison Phillips' words, he said he was stupid stupid in those games as in he was insane uh and he thinks that playoff dalvin is going to be unleashed so you've got dalvin cook i've got the other dalvin dalvin tomlinson making his playoff debut against his former team uh that might be a nice little bonus to get dalvin tomlinson playing with his hair on fire yeah and that is his former team this has been the revenge tour type of season uh you you, you finished it with duke shelley getting his revenge game against the Bears. So this has been a revenge type of season. You got the Bills and Harrison Phillips. Now you get the Giants again. And Dalvin. Now, did Dalvin Thomason play in that first Giants game? Or was he out? Was he back for that no, one? No, he he was there. Yeah, okay. he played. He gave so he the, pregame, play. the pregame speech on the field. Got it. Yep. So he's going to get another shot at the Giants. Hopefully, because I have to do the fan line from the stadium this time. So hopefully this doesn't come to one of those games where we're sitting on our hands trying to figure it out i would i would love to like be walking around the press box sam uh looking at you smiling talking to people because the game is pretty much out of control like the vikings blow it out uh we get to relax there's we're, we're planning for week two uh you know we're, we're trying to figure out because we got to wait till monday night i guess uh with the bears or sorry with the cowboys and then also the seahawks game uh we'll, we'll know ahead of time but you know figure that out like, who, who are the Vikings playing next? Like, that's what I want this to be. I don't want to be sitting there uh, trying to figure it out. But we got the daily three. So those are our three. Those are our three most important players on the field for the Vikings. Uh, we didn't really hit on the Giants, but if I had to pick Giants players, I'm going to go Kenny Galladay. I'm going to go uh, Saquon Barkley. And then defensively, because of Justin Jefferson, I'm going to go Adoree Jackson. Like, I think Adoree Jackson and Fabian Monroe combined, those two players have a big job. Because Justin Jefferson is mm -hmm. the guy. And so for the Giants, they have to be able to figure out how to stop Justin Jefferson. You look at the Packers. You look what the Packers did. And it, it was really one guy. I mean, it was really just one guy for the Packers to say, you know what? Screw this. I told y'all I wanted them. Give them to me. I told y'all I wanted them. Give them to me. And they gave them to him. Now, they gave them to him with help. We know that. But he did do his job. 
he did slow Justin Jefferson down off the line. So Dory Jackson and uh, Fabian Monroe, I think it's going to come down to them as well. Like they are, they are very important pieces of this cog. But Saquon Barkley, if they can't run the ball, they they don't have a shot because the Vikings. I don't think Daniel Jones can beat the Vikings with his arm alone. Now he did have some big spot moments and hit some big throws in the zone holes, but I don't think he could do it with his arm alone. And so mm-hmm. when you look at Daniel Jackson, Daniel, sorry, Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jackson's the Gophers receiver. Uh, when you look at Daniel Jones, um, yeah, I, I think he's a product of that offense. Brian DeBow has done a great job with this team as a whole, uh, kind of turned it around. They went from the bottom of the NFC East to now they're in the playoffs. Uh, so definitely. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about that tomorrow too. Like these two rookies, these are two rookie head coaches. We keep forgetting that. So they're doing some things for the NFL as a whole as a rookie head coach. And we also had Zach Taylor do as well for the Bengals. Uh, these rookie head coaches are coming in and kind of showing, uh, and almost the Miami Dolphins coach. What's his name? Uh, Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. He almost he almost made the world a believer of him and his ability. But he kind of fell off. He started off eight and three, and by week seventeen he was eight and eight. So take it what you want, take it how you want. I don't know if his and of course quarterback. We know that two is out. So maybe you could make that you know. You can make that correlation. He didn't have two of the whole season. We get that. He had Teddy Bridgewater. He had Skylar Thompson. Um, so, you know, maybe that's the reason for it. A, a full year of health of healthy two of who knows if he'll leave me because this is what third time in the concussion protocol now. It's a lot in one season to go into concussion protocol three times. This is not the Dolphins show. Dolphins are not playing the Vikings. The Vikings are playing the Giants. More NFL conversation when we come back. But remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. And you can find all of our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks for making the Ron Johnson Show your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three, the show part of the show I love. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. All right, Ron, this is easy. I want your final four. Last two AFC teams, last two NFC teams, who you got? So the top of them are easy, and the AFC to me is easy. I'm going... Buffalo Bills, because I just think they're on just a mental high right now. DeMar Hamlin is out. He's going to be at the games. Looks like he was released from the hospital um, in Cincy. So they're going to be on a, a all-time high. Um, the crowd noise alone, If he, I'm guessing he's going to be in, in attendance at the game. So that's going to be an emotional lift for them. Um, I couldn't imagine them losing. Like, if they do lose after that, like, again, this this, this whole season has been a movie. Um but if they lose after that, like that would just be demoralizing for this whole movie that they're trying to put together. But if they use that energy, I think the Bills can run through this. I think the Bills can beat the Chiefs and get to the Super Bowl. Um, and so, but I, I do have the Bills and the Chiefs uh, from the AFC. From the NFC, it, it's a little tougher for me. I think the Eagles have shown they're the clear cut number one. Uh, I, I do feel like whoever plays them is in trouble. They're going to be there. Um, I do feel like if the Vikings have to play them before the NFC Championship, that's going to be a tough one to do in Philly. Uh, when you look at the 49ers, though, and how they're built, Brock Purdy, he hasn't been tested in the playoffs. This is when it gets tight because when you're playing a regular season games and you know you have next week to play again, you have a different mindset. Now, 
if you lose, if Brock Purdy makes mistake after mistake after mistake, they're out. And so now this is where it changes. If the Seahawks can beat somehow, Pete Carroll can pull off a miracle and that defense can play like lights out and control that game. I mean, they do have Debo Samuel. They do have Christian McCaffrey. They do have Brandon Ayuk. They do have George Kittle. That, that's crazy. That, that offense right there is crazy. So when I look at that, I want to say 49ers, but I think if the 49ers lose to the Seahawks, I'm going to go Vikings. So it's between the Vikings and the 49ers, like 2A and 2B, but I got to go Eagles there. I don't, I, I personally don't feel like the Bucs have it anymore. I think Tom Brady is kind of the end. I think the Cowboys will probably beat them. Um, and I think after that, though, I think Dak Prescott's the the ghost of Tony Romo is gonna it's gonna come back and haunt them, and something's gonna happen bad for the Cowboys because it's just Stephen A. Smith loves to talk about the Cowboys and bash them. Shannon Sharp loves to bash the so I just feel like it's going to be one of those things. And we know, you know, a lot of the other guys, uh, Manuel Acho and all those guys love to bash the Cowboys. So I just feel like Shady McCoy, I, I feel like it's coming where, where everybody's going to get paid off that they believe Dak and the Cowboys were not as for real as they thought they were. Um, so I, I'm going to go Vikings 49ers 2A, 2B, but definitely Eagles. And then over there, I got Bills and, and Chiefs. What you got? I think the Bengals are the heartbreaker. I think Joe Burrow can win anywhere. Um, <laughs> I think oh, time's up. I think that uh, he can go and beat the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs, and then I think the Cowboys will upset Ooh. the Eagles. Oh, J- Jalen Hurts okay. just hasn't he hasn't really played in four weeks. He's going to have another week off. He's going to be rusty. I think that Dallas goes in, knocks them off in the divisional round. So Vikings, 49ers, and then Cowboys, Eagles. You got the Cowboys over the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, and then I think the 49ers. You got 49ers. Advanced. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. 49ers, so 49ers Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. Throwback. Little That's real throwback. That's old school. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Troy Aikman, Deion Sanders. That's old school. Michael Irvin. Okay. All right. What you got next? So, all right. Of the t- of the higher seeds, let's mm-hmm. say like top three seeds in each conference. Oh, Lord. Who is most likely to <laughs> crumble and melt down early in the playoffs? Oh, man, I hate to say it. It's the Vikings. I feel like it's the Vikings (laughs) when I look at. (laughs) If I had to put money on the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals, Eagles, 49ers, Vikings, I I hate to say it. I feel like of those six, because that's my only options, of those six, I feel like the Vikings are the most vulnerable Uh, because of the way they've been winning. uh, Because of of, of some of that stuff, uh, I, I just feel, you know, because of the injuries. I mean, it's been one guy after the next. I mean, Brian O'Neill didn't just get hurt. He tore his Achilles, partially tore his Achilles. You know, it was just Garrett Bradbury, your center's back is hurting. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're starting nickel. We don't know if he's going to be back. We'll find out Wednesday. But, you know, he got hurt. Uh, even coaches, oh, I'm hopeful he'll play. Everybody's always hopeful. So of that six, I got to go like it's either Vikings or 49ers. Like I think the Eagles are solid, Chiefs are solid, Bills are solid, Bengals. I think the Vikings in the in the in the 49ers, Vikings because their or their offense has to do so much in the 49ers because their quarterback is the bottom 6 of those 6 teams. Mm-hmm. Um when you look at all the quarterbacks from Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, you got Brock Purdy in there. So he would be the lowest of the totem group. Um, so I would go 49ers or Vikings, but you got who you think. Yeah, exactly the same logic as you. 
uh vikings i I like the vikings matchup in the first round but i Mm -hmm. i still worry about them going to san fran going to philadelphia i i I think minnesota probably has that sort of um you know implosion capability and then you know purdy's never lost but i still don't totally trust him or know if i can trust him in the playoffs so for that reason san francisco would be maybe the candidate but that's a lot of good quarterback play mahomes allen Hurts, Burrow, it's a loaded um, playoffs in terms of QBs. It is. It is. All right, last one. Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. It seems like they are a target mm-hmm. for whatever next big-name quarterback wants to move on um, because they're getting rid of Derek Carr. So who is going to play for the Raiders next year as their quarterback? Uh, we got <sighs> maybe Rodgers on the move. Maybe it's Brady on the move. Is it somebody we don't expect? Is it Garoppolo? Who do you think ends up in Vegas? That's a tough one, but yeah, I, my my early odds on would be Aaron Rodgers, just because of Devontae Adams. Uh, and Devontae Adams made comments about that, about you know, not he just say Aaron Rodgers, but he just say you know, I, I want to like the quarterback. Our next quarterback needs to be X, Y, and Z. I could see Aaron Rodgers trying to work out a deal with because he said I can walk away from the money. So whether it's like, hey, just cut me and get my salary off your books and let the let the Raiders just sign me. Um, I don't think the Packers would do that because they can get a ton from the Raiders to get Aaron Rodgers, um, so they wouldn't do that. But he definitely said he's willing, even if he gets traded, um, he's willing to move on and then take less money because somebody asked him, hey, it's $59 million left on that contract you signed. Are you willing to walk away? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I am. He's like, I made a ton of money in this league. He's like, I made a ton of money off the field. So – um, he also said some weird ayahuasca stuff. He said money is energy. It's like, what? So I don't know if I, he didn't, meant, I didn't get that. What does that mean? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know if he meant like money can be draining, like money can like, I don't know. I really don't know. Cause if money is energy, then don't you want more of it? I, that's, that's why I said that's some ayahuasca stuff. That's some stuff that he, when he was tripping, it came up where my, maybe money was going into him and he was, you know, morphing i don't know i have no idea what what happens when you're on ayahuasca but whatever it was money is energy to him um so maybe it's it it can be both it can be negative and positive energy and maybe that's what he meant maybe he didn't get the chance to explain and expound on it maybe pat mcafee will ask him um but my guess is something like that like money is energy meaning it could be a negative energy it could be a positive energy and so depending on how you take it blah blah uh when you think about that though aaron Rodgers could possibly go there i'd say jimmy garoppolo as well because trey lance is clearly the answer uh, 40 49ers. Um, at least that's what they hope. What about Purdy? Uh, you bench Brock Purdy, who's never lost. Yes, yes, you do because he's about to lose. He's about to lose to the Seahawks. What if he uh, wins the Super Bowl? What if he wins the Super Bowl? Then not yet. Then you got to treat him like Tom Brady. You got to yeah. say, hey, maybe this guy is the guy. Like we you we trade found Lance. Tom, you trade Lance. Uh, well, you don't have to trade Lance though because you 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 have you'd have a great backup. Uh, and Lance, yeah. you know, who knows? He becomes one of those telltale stories. He got Wally pipped uh, that, you know, just through injury, he got Wally pipped. And now Brock Purdy is a Tom, the next Tom Brady in the NFL. So it could be. And then I could see Brady. So I could see them getting a big name. But but again, it's going to come down to Devontae Adams because it's, it's about how long uh, the Raiders think. Like, do we want to get somebody in just to try to find lightning in a bottle for one or two seasons and try to win a Super Bowl? Or do we want to go draft? Because you know, when you look at the the capital they have and the people that have these top picks that don't need quarterbacks, I'm guessing they're going to be on the phone with the Bears. They're going to be on the phone with a couple of these teams to say, hey, what would you 
give up for us to jump up there and get a really high pick to get a get one of the quarterbacks we want. Um, but again, there's a ton of offseason. They're, they're going to go watch all these guys throw at their pro days. And then I think from there, they'll figure that out. What, what do you do you think they're going to get a big name quarterback? Brady and McDaniels reunited. How about it? I, Maybe. I, I think that makes sense. I think I'm that surprised would be, he didn't get fired. It, yeah, they, they kind of played. A, I feel like they played a little more competitively at the end. They had that miracle win against New England with the the bad lateral. Um, and they gave San Francisco a great run with with Jared Stidham as their quarterback. So they they did play well down the stretch. They had a horrible start to the season, and that that screwed them. But I yeah, I think that Brady reuniting with McDaniels would make sense. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Well, people, we want to thank you for joining us today. And remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos and of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conference is going to deliver all the biggest news after every press conference. Like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below. Thank you. Have a great day.